0: Hello and welcome to the show I'm Tosh Taylor and I'm Jenna Morton and though we are in the midst of a cold (laughs) snap here in winter in Canada we are talking about the beach today about why you want to go in the winter and why you want to use this time to plan ahead for the summer and we have the best beach
1: ambassador for
0: our province here with us East Coast Mermaid Crystal Hello. hello thank you so much for
1: having me on the show I
0: am <laughs> so, so excited about this conversation because you just put out, you have all kinds of fantastic information on your website, but specifically, you just put out a post about beach combing for beach glass in the winter that I think kind of blew a lot of people's minds because most people do not consider this a winter activity. Right. So, let's start there.
1: So, I think what inspired it was the fact that back, rewind to 2020. When we were all stuck inside our homes and we couldn't do anything, the minute the beaches in the area started to, you know, have sand visible again and the ice melt a little bit, the first thing I started doing was going beachcombing because it was a way to not be around anyone else mm. not see anyone but be able to get outside get some exercise and do one of my favorite things and over the years it's just continued to be a tradition now we beachcomb in the winter on grand manan island because we have a place there and there the beaches are open 365 days a year they don't ice over it's the bay of fun Day. Mm. so it's a really great winter activity that you can do that gives you those summer feels because you're still getting to find all sorts of treasures um, but you get to find some really cool stuff, and the beaches aren't as busy as they are in the summer.
2: Yes. Which leaves more to find, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we've
1: been getting all of these crazy storms. So I know myself, I've been around home the last month, but all of my friends on Graham and Ann, when they had those big wind storms that came through, the stuff they were finding. I was just in the Facebook groups, just green with energy because <laughs> they were finding <laughs> such great stuff. But that's the thing, you get so excited about hurricanes in the summer because those bring in really great treasures. But in the winter, you get these nor'easters and these wind and rain storms that we've been having, and those churn the water and bring in some really good stuff too.
2: Very cool. I want to, as someone who didn't grow up with the ocean, yeah. um, this whole beachcombing thing to me uh, is new. So I want to know, because a lot of Maritimers, it's a big deal. It is a really big deal to get out, find sea glass, what have you. When did it start for you? And what do you think kind of got you so into it?
1: So I have been very fortunate that my mother put my little bum and toes in the ocean at about six months old. I'm a January baby, so we had a cottage. We still have a family cottage um, near Booktush and from the minute I was you know six months old and it was appropriate to put a baby in the ocean I was in the ocean and I've been there ever since so growing up and spending summers at a cottage nearby I was beachcombing before I even knew what beachcombing was Mm -hmm. I was picking up crabs and seashells and eventually sea glass and we always had really great sea glass at the cottage so over the years all of my childhood we were always collecting sea glass but it actually breaks my heart because I think of how much of it we tossed because we thought at the time we were just you know, oh, we're doing the beach a favor, picking up trash, we would keep the really good stuff, like we used to find bottles galore and, and we'd keep those, but a lot of it we would just toss because we were beach cleaning, right? Um, but then as an adult, I really kind of got back into it, um, started spending more time on Grand Island and on Campobello Island, and I mean, those are just the Seaglass dream here in New Brunswick. We're so lucky to have those two islands. And that's when I really realized that with East Coast Mermaid, where I was already talking about life in New Brunswick and all of the great things about coastal living, that seaglass was actually a huge part of that. So then I kind of made it my whole personality. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: and then, then you really here. deep dove right into it. Yeah. 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 So let's talk a little bit about some of those treasures because you've brought some things in to show us and I know the people listening to the podcast version can't really see but we're going to describe what we're looking at and you can head to to Crystal's social media and you'll find pictures and just be wowed but you have some like absolute like unicorn gems here of (laughs) the like people who are into looking for sea glass look for some of these items for years. Right.
1: So I think I mean I just mentioned bottles. This one here is um, probably I've had a lot of people say it probably might have held um, like baby aspirin because back in the days if you had to take aspirin for anything heart related they didn't want you to have a big bottle because you had to carry it in your pocket especially for men so they would make these really tiny little bottles and this I actually found near Booktush so this is something that's completely achievable in you know a 30 minute <laughs> radius from Moncton. you can find things like this. Um, I also have a lot of stoppers that i found over the years that just make me very excited. Um, whoops, this one here is a turquoise one, which is always Every the like most gorgeous. coveted, but this is a pirate glass stopper. And so to find something that's actually black all the way through is very rare um, for stoppers. Not many stoppers are solid black um, and pirate glass at that. And then this would have been from a decanter most likely, um, but yeah, so stoppers are very like. Bucket list item for sea glassers. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
0: So uh, for anyone who doesn't Mm -hmm. know what we're talking about when we say a stopper, or they're like, what what were these things? Where did they come from? What?" So these were were
1: um, bottle stoppers. Mm. Yeah, so some of them were for decanters. Some of them were for bottles of alcohol or medicines and things like that. But back before we had screw tops, we had bottle stoppers. So they would go, I mean, obviously this one doesn't fit, but they would go in the little bottles um, to close it. Okay.
2: And um, you had mentioned pirate glass. Yes. Can you explain what pirate glass is? Um, you did quickly say it's black glass that you can't see through. Right. Um, so that's super coveted. Let's talk more about this giant chunk you have in front of us, too.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so backtrack. So, pirate glass, it doesn't have to be that you can't see all the way through. So, okay. this one here just happens to be actual black glass. Okay. Um, but pirate glass is typically anything from a red, it can be red, um, purple green, brown, but it's so dark at first glance that it almost looks like a rock. So p- finding pirate glass has actually been my favorite little thing to find this year because you have to have a really good trained eye for it because oftentimes it just looks like a rock when it's sitting mm-hmm. on, the, okay. on the beach. Interesting. Um, what's cool about pirate glass is that some of it does date back very, very old times, but a lot of it is actually not from the pirate, the golden age of piracy <laughs> from the 1700s and early 1800s. So a lot of times when people find pirate glass, they get really excited because they're like, oh my god, Captain Kidd drank out of this. Well, probably not, (laughs) unless you were to find um, a glass case gin bottle like this. So I found this on Grand Ann um, this September after one of the hurricanes that we had. It was just laying on the beach like that. And so I started doing some research, and this would have been from the 1700s, maybe early 1800s, um, definitely from the pirate era. And there is a rumor that Captain Kidd hid treasure Mm -hmm. on Grandman Ann Island. I was just using this as my own little Oak Island evidence that...
2: <laughs> it's more than Oak Island has found, so... Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. And what's really cool about this, so this one is actually kind of green if you look at it in the light, okay, but yeah. this would have been um, blown glass because it has little bubbles in it. And what's cool about this is this would actually contain DNA. Huh. Because if you had someone from the 1700s actually blowing into this. There would be little droplets of saliva, so there could literally be like pirate, this might be the pirate proof DNA of Captain Kidd. Exactly. It's right yeah. in our in, studio, in the palm of my hand. So <laughs> I'm gonna keep looking for that treasure, and um, yeah, so yeah, if that's that would be legit possible pirate glass
2: very cool Um,
1: but like this is also a piece of pirate glass that's just big chunky probably would have come from a bottle um, a rum bottle and I honestly think that's probably where a lot of this idea of pirate glass came from Mm -hmm. because the big rum bottles that we picture you know Jack Sparrow drinking out of would have been those dark colors
2: and the way that that one is like, I 100% would have thought that was a rock. Yeah. Like, that, you saw, if you see this, oh, yeah. if you're just listening, it really does look like just a smooth. Yeah. And um, picture that variant in,
1: in yeah. sand,
0: too. I'd walk other right rocks. past it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've licked a lot of rocks <laughs> in my day trying to determine whether they were glass or not because. As, soon as you get something wet on it, right. the color shines yeah. through enough that if you hold it up to the light, That's amazing. You can,
1: and yeah. honestly, I find this is really looking, just about me <laughs> embarrassing myself again and again, right? If you're looking for pirate glass, I find overcast days are the best that have a little bit of light, but sometimes on the overcast days, I just find you can tell the difference between a mm-hmm. shiny rock because the rocks will typically stay wet a little bit longer, I find, uh-huh. and the glass tends to kind of dry a little bit faster. Look at
0: these tips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Write that down, guys. <laughs>
1: Write that. Is, but they're yeah.
0: things we wouldn't think of, you know, right? And those are the things that people who have haven't done it and want to get Mm -hmm. into it, really want to know, right, they're they're always reaching out asking about, you know, where are the best beaches, when's the best time, what part of the beach, so without giving away all the secrets, because I know people are very close about some of their secrets, mostly about locations, but the other tips, what are some tips for people about best times, best places? So
1: I always tell people I'm a big fan of overcast days. Sunny days, if it's super bright, especially Mm -hmm. in the morning and you're the first one on the beach and it's bright, it's really hard to see great pieces of glass. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really love a good overcast day. If I'm going to Campobello for the weekend and I see that it's gonna be warm but overcast, I am thrilled because (laughs) a cloudier day is actually great for sea glass. A lot of people there's a misconception that you have to go at low tide. Around here in these waters, Often that is the case because some of our beaches are only accessible at low tide. Mm-hmm. And at low tide basically what happens is is the tide goes out and then you have all of this sand that would have been underwater, which is where you can find the treasures. But I'm still a big fan of high tide. I found um, this pirate stopper at full high tide on Gramann Island. I was literally walking on the beach and it washed up onto my feet. Um, which I feel like would only happen to a mermaid. Yeah, yeah, but I it, agree. It, it ju- I wasn't even <laughs> looking for sea glass because it was high tide and it just popped up. Um, so walking the water line even at high tide you can find great stuff but what I like to recommend is you know even if high tide's still a couple hours away there is still the, the tide is dropping so mm-hmm. there are still areas that you can scout. Um, I like to kind of walk zigzags like up and down so that mm-hmm. I'm making sure I get every square foot of beach um, but if you're just out for a, a stroll you know just look down and keep your eyes open. It's, it's not, um, a lot of people think there's real science to it. It's really just look look down. When people go to Camp and they're like, I didn't find a single piece of sea glass. I'm like, did you look down? Did you? <laughs> like, there's so much on their beaches. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think in that case, it's a lot of, of that idea of not realizing that glass sometimes looks like rocks. Yes. Like right. a lot of times, it, until you get that idea in your head and find those first couple pieces, it right. does, you, you think, oh, I didn't see it, it's because it was there and you thought it was a rock. And that's
1: an important thing to note because some of the best sea glass beaches are actually rocky beaches. So sandy beaches, you can still find great sea glass. It might not be as tumbled or as cooked as we like to call it or baked um, that that we want. (laughs) But when you go to rocky beaches, those beaches are the ones where you're really going to find the really tumbled, perfectly polished stuff. But because it's rocky, that's when they really tend to not stick out as much because they're sort of buried in with the rocks. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because I'll post pictures of a piece of sea glass on my Facebook page that's surrounded by beautiful rocks. And it's always funny because I get the rock lovers that are like, wait, did you not pick up that rock that was, (laughs) you know, upper quadrant, like greenish blue? And I'm like, I didn't even notice the rock at the time. I was going right in for the sea glass. But yeah, so it's, it's, you really have to kind of train your eye. I mean, like I said, pirate glass is something that I just really got into in the last couple of years, and now it's like it's all I see when I go to the beach. Mm. But I've been with friends, sea glass thing, and said, "Oh, look, there's a piece of pirate glass," and they'll look and look, and they're like, "Where are you looking? I don't see what you're talking about." Yeah, and it's it's crazy. But once you get the hang of it, you see them everywhere.
2: And is there um, rare, like ultra rare, rare? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Like, what is, besides pirate glass, I have heard red is really red difficult. Red is very
1: rare, okay. but it's 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 so funny because red is rare, but it's not as rare as yellow. Yellow is even rarer than oh, red, huh. uh, which is not something people talk about a lot, but finding a piece of yellow can be pretty rare. Um, stoppers are rare. Frozen Charlotte dolls, so this is one of my favorite pieces because I really wanted to find a piece of a frozen, frozen Charlotte. So these were made in Germany in around 1850, 1860. Um, so, finding a frozen Charlotte is rare because they only made them for, you know, maybe 50 years, not even. And then there was only so many in the world, and so if you find one of those on the beach, it's quite rare. So. And people, may
0: I see? Of course. People, so, this is, this is a doll leg. Uh-huh. And it's, it's it's a it looks like a doll's
1: leg. <laughs> it very looks
0: tiny porcelain.
2: Yeah, little yeah. itty-bitty and, um, porcelain doll leg. So, but there has been enough of them found that you knew to look for one. Yeah. And yeah. again, I can mm. see, you know, thinking that would be a rock.
0: Yeah, I would probably yeah. I would probably go past that. I would probably not notice if you didn't see the whole unless hole I in saw yeah. or or the foot <laughs> the foot possibly depending on how it was yeah, how it yeah. yeah,
1: another thing too is marbles. A lot of people get really excited mm. about marbles, but I always like to caution people that a lot of people are seeding mar- marbles now. So seeding is when people go to the beach and they put glass and they break dishes and. The idea is that they're creating sea glass, but the reality is sea glass needs at least 50 to 75 years yeah. to actually get tumbled to be sea glass. So, so you're littering. Right, which <laughs> is not really the best thing, no. and especially with marble. So a lot of people get excited because they'll find a marble at the beach, but the first telltale sign is it's not polished. If right. it looks perfectly smooth, like it doesn't have a single scratch in it that was planted. And then a lot of people I know have been finding one marble and then they'll find an identical one like three feet away. So it's mm. like, well, obviously yeah. this has not been to the sea and back, it was thrown there because people are starting to catch on. Marbles are really cool right now. Let's just throw them all in the ocean and then people will find them. So it's it's wild how they're starting to be sort of this, you know, faux pas in the sea glass world of Seeding beaches and picking uncooked sea glass and things like I that. I can't, like,
0: I can't even fathom yeah. that. You know, I can, I can understand it only from the perspective of I've had so much fun finding mm-hmm. things, and I know right. that we're so much better at not just throwing our bottles overboard or not having as many shipwrecks for these right. things to be created. That I'm like, we had these really lovely blue gin bottles, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I wish I could go out into the middle of the ocean and toss <laughs> yeah. these and in so that they would it. become <laughs> sea glass, not to litter, but so that in fifty or seventy years mm-hmm. someone would find it. Yeah. But at the same time that feels fake to do because, you know, a lot of what we're finding is because of a difference in the way we used to live. Yeah. Right. And I find it so fascinating when you're able to like trace back where something comes from. Like you were talking about yellows. I know some of the yellows that show up here on the east coast have been traced back to really big ashtrays that used to be right. on cruise ships. Oh yeah?
1: yeah? Yeah, okay. yeah. And red is really rare because red was an expensive glass to make back in the day. So they didn't make it for very long. So if you, and it's true, if you go to an antique shop, you don't see a lot of red glassware and no. things like that. Um, so red, that's another reason why red is rare. So, and even purple, it's actually interesting because I should have picked out some specific purples for you, but most of the purple you find was actually white glass. So back in the day when they used to make white, wanting white glass, because glass is essentially made with sand, they had to put something in to make sure that when the sun hit it, it didn't change colors and give like an iron color. So they actually just put manganese in it. And so if you leave some white pieces of glass out in the sun long enough, they will actually turn purple and kind of that lavender color. So often the purple and lavenders we find were actually white glass first that have just been out in the sun for a really long time and the sun has like a chemical reaction with the manganese, and then that turns it into purple. If you find really dark, dark, dark purple glass, that is real purple glass, but that's also very rare, so. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Um, You had mentioned a little bit earlier about um, a couple of things that people are doing, like, like seeding the beaches and what have you. What are, um, someone had told me once too about people selling fake beach glass as well. What are some other things that are going, it's like black market of beach glass happening here.
1: Yeah. So if you go to Michael's, they actually have jars of fake sea glass. So I've seen people try and pawn that off as real sea glass, which is not cool. Um, There are also people who are tumbling their own glass and then making crafts and stuff out of it and calling it sea glass, which I mean, not to, to say what you're doing is wrong, but if you're trying to sell it as actual sea glass from the sea, it needs to come from the sea. So a lot of festivals are doing, you know, making great strides and making sure that whoever is a vendor at their event, I know Mermaid Tears on on Prince Edward Island, their sea glass festival, it's very much a, you know, if you're going to be a vendor, we need to make sure that this is real sea glass, Um, that it's not tumbled at home we're not using the michael stuff but it's crazy like to your point this whole world of sea glass there is literally now like this black market for sea glass yeah
2: it's amazing i wonder what you could get for that chunk of pirate i don't know (laughs) i
1: i don't i think you'd have to fight me for that yeah Um, (laughs) but it's funny like i do know friends and i have friends that buy sea glass sell sea glass um play different Places like like Scotland, some of the sea glass Mm. they get from over there is just absolutely like the pottery is insane. Yeah, and that's Um, my favorite. I love pottery. And so some people will sell pieces Mm -hmm. on on Etsy and things like that. Jewelry. Anyone making jewelry with sea glass? Um, I've got some earrings on. I've got a ring on. We have Salisha Sea Gems locally mm-hmm. that makes amazing wow, sea glass jewelry. I know that she'll buy sea glass and she'll, you know, wheel and deal sea glass to get great pieces and, and different things for her collection. So that's very normal. And so yeah, there are people that have been able to actually have businesses. Captain Kai, the mm. sea glass guy. He was able to retire his mother by selling sea glass and he lives on a sailboat and travels around the world and that's all he does. Amazing. uh, Yeah by selling sea glass. So there is there are people who will buy this stuff, but I just I feel like if you're so into it, like my favorite pieces, I wouldn't sell them unless it was like the end of the world. That was my only option. (laughs) I'd be like, You're coming with me.
0: So, you mentioned a couple festivals there. Yes. And we did say at the outside of the show that, you know, while winter beachcombing can actually be a thing and you could go do that, now is also the time to start planning if you want to do right. some of these summer festivals. So, what kind of tips and tricks do you want to share with people around that?
1: Yeah. So, if you're thinking of having a sea glass trip this summer to, let's say, two of our, you know, golden sea glass places, Campobello Island or Gramanan Island are two great ones, start booking those trips now. Accommodations are already booking up at a lot of the great cottages so and the thing is with these islands there are only so many places to stay so Mm. if you're looking for a cottage and I always like to say try to book a cottage because again restaurants especially in Campobello Island there's only a few restaurants Mm -hmm. so book now um, especially if you're planning to go to Campobello Island for their Sea Glass Festival so they do the big Campobello Island Sea Glass Festival every September Labor Day weekend is kind of like the weekend to be there it's when I always go I'm very excited to go be going again <laughs> this year um, they have beachcomber markets high tide markets there's beach tours where you can go out with some of the locals Stephanie Anthony she's the Island Seaglass girl. She knows all the best places. Um, So it's a really great opportunity to get with other women who are just passionate about beachcombing and Seaglass and hang out. Um, But you want to book soon because again there's only so many accommodations and I know a lot of the places already are booked up because the usuals, guilty. (laughs) Um, Book up you know at the end of the year when they're like they're at this year's festival. So that's something to definitely look forward to.
0: And for people who are in the Moncton area Mm -hmm. who are looking for, you know, they can't go away for a weekend Mm -hmm. out to an island. What are some tips about getting to to nearby beaches or day trip beaches yep. that would be so? Nearby
1: look. beaches, I always tell people even the beaches that might not have sea glass in the summer, i.e., Parley Beach. Parley Beach, I'm, you don't find sea glass no. there in the summer. I found sea glass there in the winter because there's no one at like less people at the beach; they're not cleaning it every day. Um, so just look, find beaches that aren't iced over. Um, often, you know, now some of them might be, but starting in early April we get warm weather, you will start to see some become more open um, in the Shidiak area around Kapolei going close to buk um, but you can also do sea glass day trips. So I have friends that go to Tinkle Beach or the secret sea glass beach in Black's Harbor. So that's, you know, a two hour drive, but worth it, worth, worth it. it. Yeah, You go yeah. in the morning, you pack a picnic lunch, time it around the tide because the best part of that beach is only accessible at low tide. But yeah, you can spend a whole day there and find some absolute treasures. I have friends that went this weekend that found reds and bottles and all kinds wow. of great stuff. Oh,
0: that it, sounds like yeah. so fun. It I was amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's go. Get in the Charles' road trip. (laughs) We had our producer to put us in the car and go. I actually, I went went and did a day trip there and I couldn't find the beach. And I was like, messaging Crystal. I'm like, I cannot find, tell me where to go. And she's like, just keep walking. Just like, (laughs) you need to go just a little bit further. And then once you do, you're like, whoa. Yes. Because you can see it.
1: Don't block the ferry because... Kind of there, there is a sign in the Coastal Transport Office and I feel like I might have been responsible because I had a TikTok <laughs> about that beach that went viral and then next thing I know, that sign popped up. Um, but please do not block the ferry terminal or the ferry lanes mm-hmm. or the truckers or things like that. But yes, it's,
0: yes. it's a great
1: do it beach
2: to go yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. There. What about yeah. like sea, speaking of respectively, but like sea glass etiquette. Like, mm. you know, picking everything up or leaving stuff
1: behind. So I like to encourage people, Is it's tempting, but try to leave some for other people. Mm-hmm. If you've gotten some really great pieces, you know, you don't need to pick every piece of white or green on the beach. If you find really great blues, obviously no one's going to judge you to take every you know gorgeous yeah. blue that you find. Yeah. Um, also make sure it's cooked. Make sure that it's tumbled and frosted. Don't pick fresh glass because That's, you know, it's not really technically sea glass yet. Right, right. Um, And the final etiquette thing that I like to recommend is, and never ask people what their sea glass beach is. There are ways around (laughs) it, but if anyone's ever, and I'm sure people listening will have been in a sea glass Facebook group at some point where they have made the mistake of saying, oh, what beach did you find that at? And then people attack them, that is completely normal. I think we've Mm. all been personally yelled at (laughs) in a Facebook group about Sea Glass. The way around it is just saying, hey, look, I'm new to Sea Glass, can you give me any advice? Can you give me any tips? And if someone's open to sharing some locations, they will probably mention that in that conversation. But never in a Facebook group say, what beach should Mm -hmm. I go to? Because you will just get attacked by the Kraken. The Kraken will come out (laughs) and... Uh, you I will feel it. the wrath. Yeah, it's been there. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, so,
0: but if people are looking for some tips and some advice, they can find that on your website and on your socials, tell everyone where they can follow along. Right, on your so go to
1: eastcoastmermaid.com. That is honestly the best place. I have a menu tab that literally says Seaglass at the top and you can drop down and find all of my guides, everything you need to know about the Seaglass Beach in Black's Harbor. And we've got a lot of really cool things coming this summer. Can't talk about all of it yet, but um, we're looking to add some more opportunities to see glass together and do things in the sea glass world this year so definitely make sure to go there and on instagram it's at east coast underscore mermaid so i'm always posting all my finds there too
0: excellent thank you so awesome. much for being here thank you for having me oh i know now we get to have the really fun part of digging through her collection for a while, so. <laughs> we'll put we'll take photo, photos we Yes. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next week